1: Pat yourself on the back because you are right here, right now, for a reason. Welcome to the On Purpose Podcast, where together we will empower ourselves and others to live lives with more passion and purpose. All right, welcome everybody to episode 146 of the On Purpose Podcast. That's right. We are almost at three full years of delivering content every Thursday, and I'm super excited for today's guest and, you know, when I when I was prepping for this interview, not only is he an all-American wrestler from University of Northern Iowa, he's a head coach of a Colorado powerhouse in wrestling at Ponderosa High School, but one of the things that most impressed me about this guy is he only goes by one name. As I was prepping for this, I realized I've never called him by his first name, and I'm not going to do it today. So I want to welcome all of you guys. Welcome in my friend, Mr. Beats, how are you, Beats?
2: I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How dude,
1: about you? Dude, I'm awesome. But how does it feel, like in my world, man? Like, I, there's Kobe, there's Shaq, <laughs> and there's Beats. Like, those are the only guys I know that are one namers. Like, you don't even have a first name.
2: You know what's funny is, uh, pretty much all throughout life, nobody has ever called me by my first name. How do you even
1: pronounce it? I was looking at. It, I was like, is it Jerian or Jorian?
2: It's Gerion. Gerion. But, you know, nobody usually says it, so I never really have to correct people anymore. (laughs) (laughs) And that's, like, been my whole entire life.
1: Okay, so it's not just me. So you are officially a one-name person. (laughs)
2: yeah I mean if my name would have been probably easier it probably would have been a little bit better but kind of beats rolls off the tongue just a little bit easier and um you know it it works
1: dude and honestly I gotta tell you it fits you because as I was prepping for this I was thinking like okay what is it about beats like why can he be beats and it's your energy like I've never I've never seen you enter a room and the energy drops like it automatically like everybody's like oh, beats is here whether it's when you got those cowboy boots on and that cowboy hat or just your rest like it, it goes i'm like that's why he's beats. he just brings it but I mean, you got
2: to bring that you got to bring that energy everywhere you go i mean it's just like anything else if people feed off of it right and you never want to be the guy known as the guy that brings the room down right And you want to be able to leave everybody with the lasting impression of something positive And if it's energy, then let it be that.
1: Dude, well, you you got it, my friend, and we are blessed. I'm blessed to have you as a friend now for the last couple years, and I'm super excited to share your story with our On Purpose community.
2: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm glad to be here.
1: But just like a good wrestling practice, Mr. Beats, we're going to have to – we don't just jump into two-minute live goes. We're going to have to warm you up a little bit. So I got to get you loose here. So I need to know, and we need to know, Mr. Beats, you are – Stranded on an island, and you get one food for the rest of your life. What are you going to be eating?
2: One food, man. Um, man, now I got to think about uh, kind of the health benefits of, of what I could. <laughs> <be eating.
1: laughs> well, we've yeah. heard we've heard a lot of variations out here, so you take whatever it's your life, man. You got you're only eating one thing for the rest of your life, so what do you want?
2: You know what? I'll do uh. I'll do grilled chicken. How about that?
1: Oh, grilled chicken! Yeah, there's a lot of flexibility in that.
2: There is, and as long as I got the right sauce, it can be. It can. I can mix it up any other time. You know.
1: <laughs> mm, that's true. That's true. All right, I'll take that grilled chicken. All right, Mister Beats, warm-up number two. You get yeah. one superpower. What power do you want to have, and why?
2: You know, I am probably gonna take the ability to be. Uh, to read people's minds about
1: that oh read people mind what do you want to know
2: you know because uh i feel like you know with everyone and everything there's always intention with every conversation every interaction and um and you know sometimes it takes longer to get to the point of a lot of different a lot of different interactions when it could have been done probably earlier i mean for me anyway I, i don't like to beat around the bush i like to just get straight to it so um you know if, if i could read your mind and know exactly what you needed i could always get you what you want
1: oh i love it so you're, you're gonna read the mind to still serve the people that's that i love that one
2: yes sir yes sir
1: all right for, what, for the people. <laughs> what about this one all right you get dinner with one person either dead or alive who do you want to sit down with and, and what do you want to learn from them
2: oh man you know what, in the uh, in the um, presence of uh, MLK Day, I think I'd want to sit down with MLK, Martin Luther King Jr. Yeah, what do you want to know about him? What do you want to learn from him? So resilient and adaptable. I just want to know how he was so resilient and adaptable to his environment and what per- persevered him to realize that he can make the change. And, you know, it's kind of like, faith right you know it's you're you're banking on something that doesn't have real or actual substance that you can see yep. so you've got to bank on the faith that you're going to change the people's minds and get them uh and get them somewhere somewhere that they didn't know that they could be
1: yeah no i love it. that's that's fantastic and a final warm-up question for you what is your favorite book and what are you currently reading
2: Ooh, favorite book Man, um, you know, it'd probably be half the last book I read was probably my uh, book for my master's. <laughs> it wasn't, uh, it wasn't any leisure reading, but um, it was, uh, it, it was business. It was business, but, you know, at the same time, there's, you know, there's plenty of learning opportunities that you can learn through, through everything. Sure. Right. And I, and even reading that is just trying to apply those types of principles to your life, you know, trying to be a better person and be able to set yourself up for success in the long run. Cause you know, in the, in the game of life, you know, you're not really given a handbook and, um, you got to pick up everything you can from, from everyone and everything. So that's what, that's what I do. Um, and that's what I've done reading that book currently, um, I just started reading The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F U C K. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, like I said, just trying to pick up little tidbits that can possibly help in my life and something that I could possibly pass on to others while I'm doing it.
1: Yeah. And when you're a fairly new father, your little girl's now probably two.
2: She's 15 months,
1: 15 months. So coming up on that, and how's, how's that adjustment been from bachelor for quite a while to now father?
2: Oh man, it has been a whirlwind. I tell you what, I, um, I never really could describe the, uh, the level of commitment and the difference it's been in my life and, you know, and it's all been for the better. Right. Um, uh, my daughter, Nova, has just been kind of the the light of my world and kind of just been, uh, you know, keeping me going and keeping me growing every single day and definitely trying my patience every single
1: day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they're, they're amazing. Now, have you had that moment where you're like, gosh, I used to think I was so busy, but I had so much more time than I do now?
2: Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> I've already had that epiphany. <laughs> you know, and, and it's crazy, right? But it's like, and there's only so many hours in the day in just realizing how much you're able to, you're able to get done when you have somebody else that depends on you. You know what I mean? And, uh, and you got to be up or you got to do X, Y, and Z. I feel like we're, I feel like I've got an extra 10 hours in the day, to be honest.
1: Sure. Sure. All right. Well, I, I think you're warmed up, Mister Beats. I think you're you're good and loose, and the community's ready to hear from you. So, I want to know, Beats. First off, growing up in Iowa, um, there you know you have a lot of different sports to choose from out there. Basketball's big, football's big, baseball. I mean, wrestling's obviously big. How did you get into wrestling, and why?
2: You know what? I didn't get into wrestling until I was in high school. Um, you know, I had transferred schools early on, so I wasn't able to play any sports my freshman year. So I kind of dabbled in the arts for that year. And then my sophomore year, I played football, you know, I started to go out for basketball, you know, at, uh, at five, five or whatnot. I just realized, you know, that wasn't going to be, probably wasn't going to be the best thing. even (laughs) Even though I grew up my whole life playing basketball, um, uh, I realized, you know, for me, I never want to sit on the bench. I want to go some, I want to do something or go somewhere where I can, you know, be a starter and get some playing time. So, uh, I had a good friend of mine, uh, Luke Dolan, who kind of talked me into, who uh, talked me into coming into the wrestling room, and um, and I did my sophomore year. And after that, it was uh, it was a wrap.
1: What was uh? What was it that first made you like it when you got into that room? Uh,
2: you know, it, it was a high, a highly competitive, highly intensive room. You know that that room came out, at, you know we had a Division One national finalist in that room. It was it was fairly, uh, it was fairly crazy, you know. But at the same time, I just got a hold of some guys, and um, they taught me literally one move you know, and I was able to hit it hard.
1: What were you learning?
2: You know, my first thing was, uh, you know, a snap down to a front headlock. And, um, after that, I realized that it, i the guys that I was wrestling that were state qualifiers, you know, state place winners realized that they were, they were fairly good. And I was able to compete with them. And I realized I could only get better with the knowledge that I had. So, sure. um, So I hopped in, they'd like, yeah, you'd probably be varsity right away. And I was like, okay, well, you know, that's what I want to be. I want to be a starter. And um, and then that wrestling community kind of just wrapped around me and, uh, you know, made me feel wanted. And so I loved it.
1: Yeah. Talk talk to me about that. Cause that, that's one of the things we love sharing in our community is like, Facing that fear and walking in there for the first time, knowing, like, I don't know much about wrestling. I'm just coming in here. And a community that takes you in, was there somebody specific that that stood out for caring about you and kind of...
0: Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Helping you face those fears in that moment?
2: Well, the number one guy, his name is Jason Harris, and, um, and they, they now are, are family to me. But, you know, initially he was a volunteer coach. Um, I show up, he kind of wrestles with me. I was, I feel like I was abnormally strong. (laughs) (laughs) A a lot of guys didn't want to wrestle with me because I didn't know a lot. So of course, you know, you're wrestling an awkward, really strong kid in those positions that doesn't really know how to flow. Like he could hurt you. Um, so I had one coach that kind of just kind of went with me all the time. And, um, he was like, man, I think you could, I think it could really be something if we put in a little bit more work, a little bit more time, you know, and for me at the time I lived across town, didn't really have uh, any means of transportation, anything. And, you know, he's like, whatever you need, uh, whatever you need to get here, to get to the tournaments X, Y, and Z, I'll make sure that it happens. And this is a guy that had no idea who I am or didn't know anything about me, but uh, went on, went out on that limb. So as time went on, I kind of just started to, uh, you know, really latch on to him. I mean, he wrestled at Iowa, you know. um,
1: Okay. So he knew what he was doing.
2: He knew what he was doing and he, you know, he just realized the potential. So he kind of, you know, dumped all, dumped all of his technique into me. And he also had two boys. One was a year younger, Cruz Ayers who also wrestled with me up at UNI um, who was, also, you know, very good. And, um, you know, so every day we're learning something new position wise, um, things about the body and maintaining weight. I mean, there was just so much to learn in such a little bit of time, but I was able to pretty much watch and be able to do things. So he would only have to show me once and I would latch on and I would, and I would be able to do it.
1: Right. What, uh, what did that mean to you to have people like that? believe in you
2: you know it it meant a lot um because you know being where I was from and going to the school on the opposite side of town um nobody really nobody really knew me didn't really have a whole lot of friends there um kind of just getting started up and having somebody believe in you where you know you don't believe in yourself is is huge and you're taking risks if you've got that kind of support. Sure. And I feel like a lot of people, if they don't have the support, they won't take the risk. Right. Cause you know, you fall down here by yourself. And, and I feel like when he kind of gave me his all in support, I was able to give him my all with, with my training and, and technique. And I believe that, you know, anybody that gets that type of support in anything that you do, right. can, can be successful any and if not they gave a a 50% effort into anything because when you got guys believing in you you know you start believing more into yourself yeah
1: absolutely absolutely that's
2: where the difference was
1: sure that's that's amazing where are they where's he at now do you still stay in touch
2: Yes. So after that year, I pretty much lived with them all throughout my high school, <laughs> my high school <laughs> career and um like I said me and his son were really good friends. We went to the same college. We, you know, obviously hung out all the time. Uh so um we spend holidays together. I go back uh I go back for almost every other holiday and you know, we spend the holidays together. You know, I still consider him uh one of my greatest mentors, him and his whole family um, so so yeah we are we are so very close, and he's a firefighter and okay uh, you know so I kind of always looked up to him in that fact as well yeah. so um, so yeah, he's doing good
1: good and what what arts did you dabble in when you couldn't play sports that year? What were you messing around with?
2: man i was in uh, I was in show choir, and <laughs> I was
1: yes, singing.
2: Yes, I love I in, it. I was in choir. I also did some plays, so I was a thespian as well. And um, and I also did in, dabbled in some competitive cheerleading.
1: Oh wow, flips and stuff.
2: Yeah, man, you got to get in there, get athletic a little bit.
1: No, no, no doubt, they're definitely athletic. <laughs>
2: um, I had a girlfriend at the time who who was able to convince me so. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. Now talk to me a little bit about in getting ready for this episode, you would talk to me about finding your purpose in life through your faith. Talk to me about that. How did you come to that realization and what's that led you to to do and put forth in your life?
2: You know, I came I was raised in a, a Pentecostal household. I mean we had we had church, you know, three to four times a week we were heavily involved like whole family aunts and uncles everybody was everybody was involved in the church right and you know as far as I could see uh, every time somebody needed something or somebody was in a tough situation we would we would have a special uh, offering for those types of people to, to try and help and my thing was is is the ability to be able to help people even when you are struggling yourself you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and after listening to that, uh, I felt like it was my job to help people. <laughs> yeah. In, in, in everything that I did, you know, I tend to do for other people before I do for myself. So, you know, my thing was to serve and be a servant of God. And it's always to, to serve other people before you serve yourself. So, that's how it got started, and that's how my mindset got started mm-hmm. and 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 then it kind of just snowballed from there I always always did it ever since then,
1: and even your superpower, you said you wanted to read somebody's mind so you could serve them better and quicker
2: yes, yeah,
1: you know I mean it's I mean, pretty it, humble you know what,
2: it's kind of like um you know, it's kind of like reaping what you sow, right? It's if I, if, if I sow, you know, helping a hundred people, I know I'll be helped if I need it. Sure. And, and it might not be at any specific time or exactly when I want, but if, but it will be in a time of need. And as long as I'm able to help people, I feel like I'll, I'll get it back at some point. And, um, you know, and always be able to give more and do better.
1: I love that. How do we how do we share that philosophy and that mindset with the younger generations nowadays where they get stuff so quickly and instantaneously. Sometimes they don't have the patience to allow allow faith to come back to them. How do how do we get them to slow down a little bit?
2: You know what? I feel like sports is a is a big contributor to that because <laughs> in sports nothing comes quick nothing comes easy right you've got to put a lot of time into things in order to get in, in order to get that back right i need to have hit that that single leg a, a thousand times before i'm able to hit it without thinking about it you know and if i don't put in the work i'll never see that but i want to give guys like our kids a, you know an opportunity to to do that as well so um, you know it whether it's Uh, You know, and fundraising is a huge, fundraising is a huge deal too. So like for us, you know, we have a pretty hefty budget every year of around 55 grand, right? Everybody could pay for themselves and not worry about the team and, you know, kind of do their own thing, you know, but we stress the family, the community factor uh, to get everybody to contribute to, you know, to, to one goal in helping us as a team, you know, and if you think about that, In the same way you think about humanity and everybody, it'll kind of it'll kind of be the exact same thing. Right. Yeah. Anything you can do to help better everybody, you're going to help yourself and then it'll come back to you.
1: And that's something you you share with the kids you're coaching nowadays. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yes. We've got we've got to.
1: Yeah, I love it. How how's that been? This is your first year as the official head coach all by yourself up there, right? You were an assistant yes. prior too,
2: right? Yeah it it's been tough. And
1: really, what's the hardest adjustment for you?
2: Well, it, there's just a lot of paperwork, right? And <laughs> um, and obviously having a newborn isn't gonna be isn't gonna be the easiest thing either. Um, while you're doing a lot of traveling, and we do a lot of traveling, yeah. And, um, and being there for your family at the same time, it's, it's kind of tough.
1: Yeah. And how, let me, I got a question for you as, as Mr. Beats, the coach, what's something you've learned as a coach that you wish you'd have known as the athlete? Whew.
2: Um, you know, I wish I would have known a little bit more around, you know, making sure I was a student athlete first. Right? I was always a a decent student, um, but I never really pushed myself in the classroom. Not in high school, anyway. Sure. Um, because before I started with wrestling, and probably wasn't up until junior junior year, did I ever think I was going to go to college? Um, in And so for me, it's, uh, that could have been crucial to, to my success and, and maybe, you know, ending up at a different place or, you know, doing whatever, having more opportunities for sure. Um, you know, where our kids, you know, at my school now, uh, they, you know, we got a relatively high team GPA, um, but my thing is, is is, is letting them know that the, the sky's a limit, right? And no matter whatever your athletic ability is, you know, if you've got the grades, you can go wherever you want um, and you can do whatever, you know, if, as long as you keep that, as long as you keep that in the, the forefront, right? right. Your, op- your options are limited if you have bad grades, but you're good at, a, you're good at sports, yeah. right you know but if you got good grades and you're even average at sports you've got a lot more options to do a lot of different things you know in life you know so then you're
0: brain fog insomnia moodiness weight gain
2: your college pick is, is picked differently. If you're not, you know, the best athlete, you're not going to the, you might not be going to the best college, you know, D1, D2, D3, but you're going to the best school that has the best engineering programs. So, you know, you're going to get exactly what you want because you have the grades.
1: Yeah. And once you say that, I mean, I think that transitions to life as well, right? Like you want to be doing everything in life. To the best of your ability because that keeps options open, right? Like I I have this talk with young people all the time. Like They're like, well, I'm searching for my passion, so I'm not really working hard at Subway or wherever I'm at. And I'm telling – what I say is if you are not working hard where you are, you will not work hard when you get to where you think you should be. A hundred percent. Because your habits aren't hard work.
2: Right, and habits are and as habits are hard to form, especially when they're good ones. Good habits are hard to form. Bad habits are easy to take shape because they're always the the path of least resistance, right? So you can always do less. Yeah, but doing more is going to take a lot more discipline and take a lot more out of you, and that's going to and those habits are hard to form because getting up at six a.m. every day and working out is hard, but getting up at eight and going straight into the office is easy.
1: Sure. Yeah, and it, it's amazing. And that's why I love the sport of wrestling because there is no easy way to be a good wrestler. You know what I mean? Like some people are blessed with, with more physical talent, maybe more physical, just a natural athletic ability. But hard work wins in wrestling.
2: Yes. Yes, and consistency. Yeah. And discipline. And, you know, all those things go hand in hand. It's hard to have one without the other.
1: Yeah, for sure. So what is uh, what, what's what been the biggest, uh, would I say, adjustment for you going from athlete who all American? I mean, you're at the pinnacle of the sport to coaching. What's been the biggest adjustment for you?
2: Um, just, you know, it, my adjustments came when I first started coaching, but it's just realizing that everybody's not you. Everybody can't do what you do. And you've got to be patient with people um, because their, their ability to learn isn't isn't what yours is. So you've got to break everything down um, depending on your your age group, right? And who you've got in front of you. I remember when I first moved to Colorado, you know, back in 2012, I had a group of eight nine ten years old ten year old kids but they had a high capacity to learn and me just coaching college and coming to them the transition was was easy but then when i go to an average club you obviously can't you obviously can't do the same thing sure so it's you know making those adjustments depending on who your audience is and who's who's in front of you yeah whether it's whether it's the youth which a lot of you know, High-level guys can't do; they're really young guys because they can't break it down for those guys how they needed to be broken down because they never had to do it, or when they had to do it, it was 20 years ago. Right? It's like, oh man, we're missing a step. Like, why aren't they getting it? It's like, oh, you forgot to tell them to put their hand or head here. Right? Like, why didn't they already know that? It's like because they're <laughs> new to the sport. So <laughs> <laughs> you gotta you gotta break those things down. And I feel like, um, you know, as I started coaching more club. I started to realize that I needed to to be able to break down those things a little bit better for for guys to get a grasp on. So,
1: and, and I I think that's huge for coaches is to because when you are an athlete, it's all about you, right? And it's your ego, and it's you. You get to perform, you get to handle the wins, the losses. When you are coaching, it's really never about you; it's always about them.
2: Yes, and it's always about the team as a whole.
1: Yeah, and that mental transition, I think, is where. Cause I a hundred percent agree with you. Not all the best performers make the best coaches. Right. Because you're right. Like some people, they just, they can't make that adjustment. And I encourage all of our community, whatever your talent is at, whatever skill you have, go out and coach, go out and teach it to somebody else and share it. Not only will you give back, but you actually get a deeper understanding of why you do what you do. And, uh, I, so that's why I always encourage everybody to coach, teach, give back,
2: yeah, you know, and it really teaches you a lot about yourself and and patience and um and all that stuff is just you know different tools in your arsenal to make you a better person, make you a better you know sales rep, make you a better boss, make you a better anything
1: absolutely and reality is this beats is I could have all the greatest information. About something in my life, but if I die and I don't share it with anybody else, that knowledge goes with me. Right, right, hundred percent. And how selfish is that? Not to share my experiences with the next generation. Not that I have all the answers, but just that maybe because of my experience, they don't have to go through something. They can see it ahead of time and go find new options.
2: A hundred percent, definitely. You know, I.
1: I think a lot of times, and I always challenge people: if you're not willing to share your expertise and your knowledge with other people, you're pretty selfish, and the world can't benefit if they don't know about it.
2: Yeah, and that's you know, that's another thing that we that we struggle with 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 coaching is having you know high level kids not want to not want to help and teach their peers to be better because they always want to be the best guy in the room you know, and that's another thing. I'm like, you know, if you teach such and such this move and he gets better, yeah, he competes better with you, but he also makes you work harder. Absolutely. He, makes you, he makes you evolve your wrestling style. And that's the same with everything else. It's like, you know, having better competition only evolves, only evolves what you do well and it, it makes you get better. Because you can always be comfortable doing the same things if you're always winning. Yep,
1: for sure. Yeah. So
2: you have to make adjustments. You you never have to do anything. So No,
1: I always tell everybody, man, if you're the smartest person in the room, if you're the best at whatever in that room, you need to go find a different room because you're not going to grow.
2: A hundred percent. Yep.
1: And That shouldn't be our goal is to be the best in in our little small circle. Our, Our goal should always be to increase our circle to continue to learn and grow in life.
2: Yes, uh, 100 percent is, you know, and and if you are the smartest person in the room, make sure you're giving everybody in that room uh, a chance to gain some some of that wealth of knowledge. Like, how are you making everybody better if you're the smartest person in the room?
1: Absolutely.
2: Keeping it to yourself so you can overperform and not help anybody. You know, that's that's not how you become a better person, you know, but it's like. For me, like I said, it's all about that serving and giving, like giving those people an opportunity to get better. Yeah. Just like it was given to me. And, you know, it, it can change your life. And whether or not you're a part of that person's life for forever, you know that you had a, a piece in, in making that person better.
1: Right, absolutely.
2: I know those people will be grateful for it.
1: Well, even your story today, Beats, You go back to Jason. If Jason doesn't pull you in, doesn't tell you you have potential in this sport, what happens?
2: There's no telling, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely say I don't go to college. Um, I don't get my bachelor's. I don't get my master's. And I never move out of the town in Iowa. Yeah. You when know, in. in I can see the finish line from, from, from the beginning there. If that's, if that's all I did.
1: Sure. And thankfully we don't have to, because somebody invested their time into you, not expecting anything in return from them, but just knowing it was the right thing to do to help you out.
2: Oh yeah. And that's a hundred percent true. And, um, and that's why I'll never, like I've said, since I've moved to Colorado, I'll never not help a kid if, if he asks for it, no matter where he's from or, or what school he goes to. Yeah. If he asks me for the help I'll I'll give it to him. Yeah. Because like I say, everything happens everything happens for a reason and if somebody goes out of their way to come find me for help that they feel like I can specifically help them with, I definitely will.
1: Dude, think about like either whether it's God, the universe, energy, whatever it is you believe in, if somebody went out of their way to come find you because they think you can help them that's the universe, God, that's work, that that's putting somebody there and saying, hey, you're supposed to help right now.
2: A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And that's, you know, and through my faith, that's what, you know, that's what I pray for all the time. And I just had a, um, I just put out a post out on my Facebook that, you know, I, I overheard on a on a podcast and it made so much sense. Um, you know, it was, it was pray like it's up to God, but work like it's up to you. For sure. It. In in every in, in everything that happens, you know, I pray that people come find me for whatever.
1: Dude, I whatever love they it. Mean. I love it. Let I want to shift gears on you real quick. Talk, I want to. I, I see you're you're involved with a nonprofit called Sammy Sunshine. Can you explain to our community what that is and how you got involved with it?
2: Yes. So um, Sammy was uh, a young girl who was the daughter of one of my best friends and was you know the the little sister of one of my best my best athletes um, who died in a car accident due to not wearing her seatbelt. you know she's young she's 14 it's it kind of took us a it kind of I mean obviously took us by surprise kind of shifted everyone's life around here Um, and um, you know my best friend's wife you know Sammy's mother to decided to you know make a foundation to be able to help people go through what she did um, to help them navigate through life um, whether you know we're, we're helping you with funeral costs we're we're helping you with tombstones we're uh, you know we're giving you grief counseling uh, you know or we're just running you food you know every day while you try and get through um, the toughest time of your life um, so uh, you know when she asked me to be on that you know board of directors for when i'm profit, I, people, you know, all across the country and, in helping them through, like I said, in one of the toughest times of their lives, but also the, the kind of people I know that the Schultzes are, uh, they've always been there to help. They've always been the people giving and, you know, sometimes life isn't fair in, in some of those facets, but they never, they never stopped giving even after they lost, you know, their daughter. And it's crazy. And I want to be able to, I want to be able to have that same type of strength. If something like that were to happen to me, I mean, I'd be broken up who knows. Um, But having, having people like that out there in the world and and reaching out and touching people is, is is some of the, the best gifts God has given us, you know, you know, he, you know, might take away from, from one, but we still help others. And in the same Facet too. She you know, she was an organ donor, so her life lives on. You know, and, yeah. and still helps other people. And so you know, who knows who those people are, or or who they'll come out to be. But my thing is, is it'll only make the world a better place.
1: And what 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 has been? What 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 advice or what have you learned from being involved? with people so close to such a traumatic event that it's kind of impacted maybe you as a, a coach or a parent?
2: You know, it's, it's hard to say. There's kind of just been so many things, but you know, it, it, everybody thinks it. everybody thinks that these types of things don't happen or haven't happened to anybody they know. But, you know, once it happens to you, then, then it's all of a sudden, you know, in the forefront in, You know, I know that people would, would want and need that help. So you gotta, like, for me, it's like, you gotta build that community around you uh, of being a person that gives, being a person that's there for people and people will always be there for you in your toughest times. And, and, and that's another reason why, you know, we do what we do. You know, it's hard, it's hard to be by yourself and, and lose someone like that or, um, Or just not have the support system like i'm not from colorado like if something were to happen to me like you know who 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 would be there your parents parents are you know your parents are 12 hours away um you know you need that community to be able to 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 rally around you and support you and keep you keep you going when you don't want to and and that's and that's the biggest thing that you know that's the biggest thing for me is building that community piece and even with my kids now you know we had a kid this year that was involved in a tragic accident of his one of his good friends, you know, died in a car accident too. Yeah. You know, we're, you know, he, you know, he drops out of practice, you know, we don't see him, you know, we're, we're all trying to reach out to, to find out what we can do to help because nobody should have to go through anything like that alone, especially as a child.
1: Yeah. now you you said something earlier, Beast. I think would be good for our community here. And that is, um, how do you, a natural reaction in a tragedy, sometimes, sometimes, to just go inward and kind of shut out the outside world. And and you guys, through Sammy Sunshine, are trying to to get back into the world. How do you how do you get somebody to open back up in that time when the, a natural inclination is to go inward?
2: You know what? What we do is we kind of go on the outside in, right? We we reach out to uh, relatives, you know, best friends. You know, we got to do our research on that aspect to find out the closest people to them to where we can get to where we can get some answers. And then we let them know, hey, these are the services we provide. You know, what do you think would be best for you when you're ready? Let us know, because we are we are here to help. And throughout that whole time, you know, you from there, you know, whether it's the the ants, you know, the best friend, we get to kind of hear the full story of what's needed what's necessary so even if they won't tell us what is we'll we'll figure it out and we'll we'll bring it to them and and we'll be there every step of the way and to make sure that they get through it and make sure that you know they just know they're not alone and you know for people that don't necessarily need a whole lot maybe they just need the grief counseling hey we've got we've already set up you know 3 months of grief counseling for you all you got to do is call in. All you got to do is show up right? And there to help you. It's like giving them those pieces to help, to help navigate. And sometimes we, you know, we'll, we'll do all the legwork. So all they got to do, like I said, is just show up.
1: Yeah. How can our community support you on Sammy sunshine? Is there a place you want them to go?
2: They can go to either our, um, our Facebook, our Instagram, the Sammy sunshine foundation um on Instagram or Facebook at see me sunshine offering a ray of hope. Okay. Um we we have fundraisers all the time and there's plenty of ways to donate. We are obviously a nonprofit. Um and you know whether it's we have we have big fundraisers and big auctions, you know whether it's memorabilia or you know you own a business and you would like to donate whatever it is that you do and we can auction it off. Yeah, you know anything helps because obviously these types of situations happen far too often, and you can never have enough to be able to help everybody. So, it, it, as much as we can raise and as much as we can give back, uh, we want to. Yeah, and the the, the community in Parker um, where we had our first fundraiser was was super generous with helping us through a lot of uh, helping us through a lot of that, where we were able to you know raise. Over $50,000 to to help tons of families navigate, navigate their life. So,
1: man, thank you so much for doing that and for sharing that with our community. I, uh, those of you following on Instagram and stuff, we just, you can find their page off of our page as well. And it's Sammy with S A M M I E, I believe, not a Y, right? Yes.
2: Yes. S A M M I E.
1: All right. Well, we thank you. Let's, I want to, before we wrap up, man, you had some pretty good keys that you believe our listeners could use to help create their best life. And I'd like to just spend a few minutes going through those if you got time, Mr. Beats.
2: Yes. Um, my number one was bet on yourself. Um, and, and where that kind of came from was when I went to college, I walked on to the University of Northern Iowa. I didn't have a scholarship. Um, you know, like I said, I, wouldn't plan, I wasn't planning on going, um, but, you know, I had to dig down deep, had a little sabbatical and had to bet on myself to to get there, get a scholarship, become an All-American, achieve my goals. So if you believe and you've got the support, like we said before, bet on yourself 100% of the time, whether it's starting a business or whatever, you can do it. You can do it.
1: Nice. I didn't realize you were a walk-on. So you went from a walk-on to all-American.
2: Yeah. Uh, you know what? I had a, I had a decent career all the way through, uh, high school, not knowing a whole lot. But, you know, uh, messing up my senior year, not winning, the state title like I was supposed to, lost, lost a lot of interest that I had. So, then I had to bet on myself to get it back. You know, it's like you know these these things happen because of you. You got to go get it back. Yeah. So, you know, can't blame anybody else for, for your shortcomings in, in, in those various situations. So I had to find a way to get out there and get it back.
1: I love it. So you bet on yourself and now look at you.
2: Yeah, man. You I love, got it.
1: love it. Number two, what's your second tip for Mr. Beats?
2: Is keep on serving even when you don't want to. Keep on serving your community keep on being there for others. You know, even when, you know, you're tired you you feel like you, you you can't do much more. Um, If somebody reaches out to you and, and they need something, you know, be the person that shows up for them because it, it, it'll pay itself back, you know, a hundredfold, you know, in any aspect, whether, you know, it's, it's, it's work, it's a good friend, whatever, be there. Just yeah. be there for somebody.
1: Yeah, you never know when it's gonna come back to you, huh? You
2: you never do, you know. And just like I got my job now, which I'm going on four years. Before I had it, I was I was jobless, I was homeless, and all I was doing was coaching was coaching wrestling. Right. And, and like literally, all I was doing was coaching wrestling. Didn't didn't have anything, and I was coaching. You know, this guy's kid, and I never even knew what he did, but he was like, "The way that you interact, the way that you give back to these kids, I want to offer you a job, and that job changed my life.
1: What That's amazing. But yep. now imagine, like you said, if you hadn't shown up to serve, or if you had showed up to make it all about you.
2: I mean, there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of different scenarios where you could feel sorry for yourself, you know, and and I'm not saying that everybody, you know, has the same, everybody has the same mindset or capabilities, but, you know, being homeless is, it's not fun. Not having a joke is not fun. Yeah. But, um, you know, I just had to keep positive energy. Nobody even knew what was going on with me, like my whole kids club, nobody knew Um, because I... I don't want to project any negative energy. I want you to feel sorry for me. I want things to happen organically and by just being a good person.
1: Yeah. And it'll come. I love it. Well, you've definitely shown that. Number three, I imagine this ties into number two because you, your your faith had to have been tested.
2: Yes. You, you, you got to trust your faith. You know, like I said, you've got to pray like it's up to God, but you got to keep working like it's up to you.
1: <laughs> I love that. And the last, what's the last one you got for him, Mr. Beats? is never give up.
2: Never no. give up in, in any scenario. You know, I, I've just learned too many times that giving up is just too easy. You know, I could have easily gave up not gone to college, could easily gave up when I'm going through a rough patch in life. Um, but it, I keep my, keep my head up and keep moving forward with positive energy and, and good things will happen.
1: Brother, we are so blessed to have had you on the show this week, and, and there's so much good information for our community. I want to thank you for taking the time out of your day to share with us, and where can our community follow along on, uh, on your journey?
2: Yes, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It was Awesome.
1: Well, we love it, man. Thank you so much for joining us. You have a great rest of your day. On Purpose Community, we'll see you next week. And remember, team, life is far too short to live any other way than on purpose. We'll see you all again next week.